Hello and welcome to the Irish Arsenal Gunner podcast. It's Wednesday the 27th of October. As always, I'm your host, Gilesy. Uh, I'm joined by my residence guests and Arsenal season ticket holders, um, Eamon Donnelly and John Mealy. How are you, lads? Evening, Johnny. Ah, evening, Jonathan. You just never know who you're going to get <laughs> when you're talking to Eamon. Uh, so it's back to... John Giles to take this week. <laughs> um, on this week's show, uh, as, uh, as last week, I was on holiday, so we missed out on quite a bit of the action. Um, we'll be reviewing um, last night's Carabao Cup fourth round victory over Leeds United, uh, 2-0 home victory, of course. Uh, we'll also be reviewing our previous uh, Premier League fixtures against Crystal Palace and Aston Villa. Aston Villa, of course, was the game that Brendan and Eamon was at uh, there last Friday. Uh, we'll be getting his inside view on that. Uh, we'll be hoping, to, by the way, to, to be joined by Brendan uh, somewhere along the line when he <laughs> gets his kid to bed. He's in some sort of meltdown, so it's peace and wine at the moment, probably for him to cool his head. Um, we'll also be previewing uh, our upcoming Premier League tie against... Uh, Leicester City this Saturday, uh, a twelve thirty kickoff away from home. Another tough one, and of course, just give you a quick link. You can catch all our episodes, of course, on SoundCloud.com, and you find every episode there, backdating to March of this year. Uh, also joined by my brother, uh, Mark Giles. How are you, Mark? Not too bad, thanks. Um, he's he's just trying to describe at at the beginning of the show. Thought I'd give him a shout out this week. Um, he plays for uh, the UCD League um, side, the Dublin Eagles. Um, of course, they won 3-2 in the cup final, so say well done to him, lads. And that uh, last Thursday. Uh, I'll pass over to you, Mark. You can describe your team and um, what well, final you won there last Thursday, so go ahead. Hey, lads. Yeah, I won't keep you going with this. It's just uh, It was nice to be invited onto the show there tonight. Um, I just wanted to say that, you know, like... Um, Particular cup that we took place in uh, there last uh, was a big deal in the junior leagues for us anyway. Um, we had to get past six rounds and thankfully we won each of them. And we got to the cup final last Thursday and we were successful in winning that too. So that was a big deal for me, obviously being the team's goalkeeper and me being only their keeper there for the second season. There are only two seasons in, in existence. I came in towards the end of last year because they were struggling with them. Um, they were struggling for a goalkeeper and defensively they weren't great either. So I've tried to help them out there the best way they can. And obviously the the icing and the cake is winning the cup this season, you know, which was very nice. Yeah, congratulations, Mark. Um to in their first really full season, isn't it, with them pretty much um to win the final, yeah. Um yeah, it has been, yeah. It's been really, 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 really good. Like and Obviously, I'm getting on a little bit, lads, as well. I'll be 44 this year, so there's not going to be too many more seasons for me for things like this, you know. <laughs> nice to and just telling a little bit about my club there, you know. They're a bunch of mostly team made up of African lads, and they were struggling to get a manager in there last year to get into one of the, you know, the Leinster leagues. Um, so they decided to put themselves into the UCD league, and um, this is our second season in it, and hopefully now we can continue and just push on a little bit if we can get a little bit of help from maybe getting in a proper coach and you know proper training facilities that type of thing but it starts at the bottom and hopefully we can go forward from here 
yeah, yeah. It's it can only be a building a building block from here, and uh, um, I think all three of us wish you all the very best in um the upcoming season and future games as well. Um, and feel free to stay on, Mark, for the show, and um, we might pass you a few questions on about our current keepers, Leno and Ramsdale, if you want to. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, appreciate that, Mark. So that's the Dublin Eagles, if anyone's interested. Uh. On, they're on Instagram if you want to give them a like and uh, Facebook I'm sure and to just give them a bit of publicity and well done to win in a cup final it's never easy and it's always uh, whatever level you're at in football or any sport it's always nice to win a medal and a trophy so well done there Mark on that um, so we kick on from uh, we've done a review uh, last night's Caribou Cup last 16 tie against Leeds United uh, 2-0 victory goals by Callum Chambers and Eddie and Ketty um it was, I don't know whether I would say it was well-deserved. The first half was very edgy. Leeds had their chances, but I was very impressed by Bernd Leno. When he was called on, he made a very good save from Jack Harrison in the first half. And he made another couple of saves as well, if note. But um, I was very happy. It was a bit, a bit worrying with Ben White getting injured. But Cannon Chambers coming on to score the goal took a bit of off the bit of blow off there. But he took a well. Um, and Eddie and Ketty, Done very well to pounce on uh, Liam Cooper's poor header back to Melier, but he took a well, lobbed it over, lobbed it over the keeper and slotted it home. We're into the quarterfinals, which will be on the 23rd of December, so a bit of a break, but nice to be in the quarterfinals again. Hopefully we avoid Man City like last year. I go to um, Eamon. What was your take on last night's victory? Um. Well, look, the first half, as you say, was... Um, a small bit on the edgy side. And the thing I noticed most was with El Nenny and Ainsley Maitland Niles in the middle of the pitch, uh, under a counter attack, we had a big hole um, behind the the offensive players that they played into very quickly on the counter attack. In fairness to Maitland Niles, he always tried to get on the front foot and get turned. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I, I thought. Uh, he, he every time he got the ball with his, you know, facing his own goal, he tried to get turned. I I, I like that. It just reminds me, and um, when we're talking about the Villa game, um, uh, remind me to talk about the West Ham game the night before because I was in London um, and I went to the West Ham Europa League game, and I'll just give you a line or two on that too because um, yeah, it, it has an Irish interest. Uh, one of my home. observations, but Maitland Niles tried to get turned, and then he looked like a fellow who hadn't played football. To be honest with you. Couldn't and you know I mean when and when I say that I mean that in he hasn't played football this season uh, he looked a bit off the pace and that left a big hole Smith Rowe uh, his touch wasn't in I think he was tired um, uh, my understanding of the Ben White injury is that it was more down to illness and fatigue and um, he, he 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 was he hadn't been well I think that might be okay I don't think it's anything to worry about he wouldn't have played if Marty hadn't have been ill. Um, and God knows what would have happened there. Um, but uh, I thought Holding stepped out well, you know, on the ball. Um, I, I did notice um, a bit of an, alt- an alteration to Holding's Barnet. I mean, John Media and I um, are follically <laughs> challenged, and Rob Holding was en route to being follically challenged, and then got a skinhead, and he's now coming out looking like um, he's got a he's got a Jonathan Giles uh, type of hair. So um, that's not a bad thing, is it? That's not, that's not a bad thing, but I, I did notice that. Um, but look, um, the second half was a lot tidier, I thought. Um, 
Callum Chambers, uh, you, you, you might know it was the raucous celebration. He had said to the um, he had said to the the, the, the set piece coach, "I'm going to go on and score on my first touch," and that he did. Um, so that's what that was all about. Yes, yeah, and uh, I thought um, the 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 goal and catch you got was all about what Eddie is, you know. And he's he's a poacher supreme. He probably doesn't fit completely into the way we want to play. He's going to be a superstar somewhere, and John and I would probably agree on this. Um, he reminds me of a young Andy Cole, in that he's not, you know, he's not the he's not the ideal link up player. But by Christ, he's he's got an eye for goal, and he sniffs around, and he's 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 hungry for goals. And that goal to me, his first his first touch to get it over the keeper was brilliant. The second touch to shape himself up was was great as well. And then he completely miskicked it. Um, but, uh, you know, um, and it was a tidy win in the end. And look, with that competition, it's all about getting into the last eight. And that's what we've done. So that's my take on it. Yeah, and it, it's been two great wins. Uh, our demolition of West Brom and our comfortable home victory over Wimbledon and that victory last night over Leeds. It's been a, a nice, uh, clean run through to the quarters. Anyway, what was your take, John, on uh, last night's victory? Um. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to get too up for it with all the changes in the team. As Eamon said, Edgy's one way of describing it. I, I thought it was a very open force half. And I thought it was an entertaining force half in Rio and Neutral. Um, Leeds came to have a go. Um, but you can see where they're struggling in the league. They, there's just no, nothing up front for them. Um, we didn't control the game. But uh, the second half, I thought, as Eamon said, much better. We controlled the game the second half completely. Um, when the goal did come from Chambers, the title was coming. We would we were we would have teamed up to down the score. And as you said, Eddie Eddie just great bit of poaching was getting and for his goal. Um nice win into the last day. Um a pretty game to win for the Freeze players. And uh hopefully White is just a, a little stomach bug. I hear there is a stomach bug down around the training ground. So hopefully it's nothing too serious and it'll be available for the game on Saturday morning. Well, nice win, rolling on the quarterfinals. Yeah, Mark, being a goalkeeper for for as long as I remember you, um, what would your take be on uh, our goalkeepers, the goalkeepers from last night, um, Bernd Leno and uh, Leeds, Elan Melier? What, what would your take be on them? Um, well, I, I've seen enough of Leno probably over the last couple of seasons. This is just my honest opinion of Leno. I don't think he's good enough. For Arsenal, I don't think he's good enough for the Premier League. Um, I think bringing in, just going on to the like bringing in Ramsdale has certainly made a big difference because I can see him eventually taking Pickford's place in the England team. Um, I can't really pass comments on the goalkeeper that was in there last night for them. I didn't see the game, lads. But go forward with the goalkeeper department. If, if, if they can get a consistent defence with Ramsdale behind them, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, that's... We've said on the previous episodes um, that Ramsdale he's very commanding and he's he was show. I was particularly the Villa game I was watching. He sh- he's shouting at defenders, which I didn't see much of him doing when he was Bournemouth and Sheffield United. He seems to have um, grown in confidence since he's got that number one jerseys. And I think Leno's performance was okay last night, but um, I think he said a lot of work to do to get back in between the sticks. I think. Um, he'd be lucky to see if this side of Christmas and you getting past Ramsdale. But um, I know Melier is. He, he will said, get he, past Ramsdale. Son. 
I don't think I don't think he will get past Ramsdale, but I thought he was exceptionally good last night. He looked yeah. like a fella who didn't throw his toys out of the pram and was determined. You know, is is dealing with. I mean, we conceded a lot of corners at one stage in that game, and uh, he was on it. And the, the say, he's always been a very good shot stopper. Yeah, you know? he's uh, so The one that came through the crowd last night that he got down to. You know, the, yeah. the, I mean, Harrison. Yeah, if, if that's Petra Cech, that's gone in the goals. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, he's still, he's still a good shot stopper, uh, Leno. Yeah, it's it's he's just had he was just unfortunate the first three games of the season where a new duty team coming up that were always going to be up for it, Chelsea and City. They were that was a rotten first three games. So I can't put the blame because that first start in eleven wasn't um it was just atrocious the first three games. But thankfully that's behind us now. After that victory last night, that's eight now on the trot unbeaten. So we're moving in the right direction. Thank God. So we're going to move on to last Friday's uh, 3-1 victory. Eamon was at this. Goals by party is fourth for the club at long last. And I thought he had a pretty decent game as well. Uh, Aubameyang, he had initially had his penalty save from Martinez, but he, he was very quick on, up on the rebound and he's looking very sharp, particularly against uh, Palace the Monday before and uh, Friday, in my opinion. And Smith Rowe, that lung-busting run he made from our own half, to get the tour, I know it took a deflection of um, Tyrone Mings, but the little flick from Aubameyang to keep him going was just something unreal. Ramsey had no chance for Ramsey's goal for Villa, but thank God that came right at the very end. The game was sewn up, but I thought a uh, very comfortable victory for Arsenal. Uh, Villa showed us very little problems. Martinez pulled off a great save from Saka, um, which was in the first half, but uh, another strong home win and performance. Uh, Eamon, I'll go to you since you were at the match. What did you make? Okay, well, you, you actually messaged me um, just after the game, Jonathan, and yeah. you asked me to describe the performance, and I said energy and commitment. Yeah. So yeah. we won all the duels. We pushed Villa backwards. We played high tempo. We got on it early. We didn't get an early goal. We didn't sulk. We kept going. And... Um, I'm going to tell you something now, um, for anybody who hasn't been back yet, you will see a different stadium than the one you left behind. Um, the place was absolutely heaving. Absolutely heaving. What I notice is that there's a connectivity between the team and the fans. Um, the team are playing for Arteta. They're going to make mistakes. Um, but I can say this, here's a description. So we were in, uh, I, I was around on the um, the West Stand uh, near the North Bank end and we were standing. Now that's unheard of. Very unheard you of, know? yeah. Very unheard of. We yeah, were standing very, yeah. and, and, and we were bouncing up and down singing, um, here we go, oh, Sackham <laughs> and Neil Smith Row, bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. And I, I haven't seen it like that at the Arsenal. Yeah, never. No. Um, and I just think that, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a younger crowd there um, and then a few helpers like myself. And it was really, really, really <laughs> noisy in the stadium. And you know what? I don't think Villa expected that. And then with the uh, added to the energy and commitment that we showed, it really did. The whole place was, uh, was good. Now, maybe Friday night games are certainly better than Saturday morning games for generating an atmosphere. But uh, it was it was tough. I thought Lakonga, you know, um, was really good. In the middle of the pitch, um, and I thought Lacazette was outstanding, yeah. absolutely outstanding. 
and in a, in a, in a, in a kind of a withdrawn role, uh, which is not his natural thing, but he was outstanding. You know, Smith Rowe was just in the flesh. You see how he glides, glides across grass. It's, uh, what was his goal that he came in in the flesh? That that long bus and run he made for the tour goal was it as good as what we saw on telly? You see, it doesn't look. You see, this is the point. I always said about Dennis Bergkamp that he wasn't a footballer; he was a nice skater. You know that he didn't look as if he had to run. He just he just glided. Smith Rowe's run didn't look long busting because he he just has lovely movement, you know. And um, and when he and the the thing about it is when Smith Rowe picks up the ball in that position, you kind of sense there's danger, even though he's only on the halfway line. You just sense there's danger because he doesn't lose pace when he's carrying the ball because he can dribble off both feet and he doesn't have to check his stride. And when you see that in real time at the game. You just see how natural it is for him, you know. And uh, oh no, it was. Um, and of course, the difference at the game is we didn't see the deflection until the replay, so it looked like a worldly finish, you know. Off the yes, end. yeah. Goals always look better when they go in off the post or in off the bar, and they just yeah. look proper. And Martinez got a bit of bird off the crowd, a lot of bird off the crowd. Um, the chant uh, being, um, he's better than you, yeah. He's and he got really annoyed. And apparently he tried to do a Sky Sports kind of hijacking interview. I always have my doubts about that fella. And he was terrible for parties goal, by the way. Shocking. Sure, he parties goal the corner. Corner. Yeah, he wasn't even concentrating. Yeah, he's more yeah. like, yeah. Um, and he was unlucky actually party before that. He had a, a strike that came off the... After post, post, yeah. Um, what did you make of the game, John? Um, if I can compare it to the Palace game, um, <laughs> Palace, we started really well. We got off with great start. We pushed them back, as Aim was saying, a lot of energy. And then once we got the goal, we stopped. We just stopped playing, and it was a real struggle from then on. Against Villa, we started great and just kept it going. We pushed Villa back and we kept them back. Um, the attitude was fantastic. The, the high energy right in the start. It's the kind of football you, you, you want Arsenal to play. So if you compare the two games, there's only a few days between them. We started off right against Palace and then stopped against Villa. We started off and kept it going. Um, it was absolutely fantastic to watch. As he said, I thought Lacazette was superb. Um, party wasn't isolated in the middle of the park the way he was against Palace because Laconga I thought was superb alongside him. Um, Tavares, I think he's going to surprise an awful lot of people. He, he was, was great for He was incredible. He yeah. really was. We've seen the stats at half time. I think we had 14 shots on goal. Villa never even got a shot on goal in the first half. And it seemed like Tavares took half of those shots. He was up and down, and Villa didn't know what to do. Um, fantastic performance. And in the second half, it's not, I'm not surprised. The type, we, you know, the energy levels dropped a little bit. Villa obviously changed things around a little bit, but we still kept at them, kept them, kept them on the back foot. Probably the best performance I've seen under Arteta. Um, that's the blueprint going forward. Um, we've been saying all season the attitude has to be good, the intensity has to be high. That's what you want from this Arsenal team. So let's, fingers crossed, we can get some, some sort of consistency of that kind of football. Yeah, it's, I think, being honest with you as well, that's, that home victory against Spurs in the London Derby at the end of um, September, that's really, that That was the one that lit the blue match paper, you know, uh, just 3-1, and it just seems if Spurs is on even more and more, 
uh, and their home performances have been excellent, really, to be honest, since then. Um, uh, on to you, Mark, about uh, Aston Villa, Emmy Martinez. He played for us uh, just a couple of seasons ago. We had a fairly decent season with uh, Villa last year as well. What would you make? What would your take be on him being a goalkeeper yourself? Yeah, I don't think he really got much opportunity really at Arsenal, did he? Like he was always overshadowed by probably what we're saying would be his better goalkeepers. Obviously, Czech yeah. being a legend, he was never going to get in and get in him. But I think like when he was given that bit of a run, was it an injury crisis he's had a couple of years ago, and he was given four or five games towards the end of the season and he really acquitted himself well. I think did that earn him a new contract before he went to Villa or the year before Villa maybe getting confused here slightly. But yeah, I, I think that obviously he's, he's a good goalkeeper. Um he's um since he went to Villa, obviously getting first team football has helped him a lot. Um yeah. but I, I think you know there's probably a big been a big chunk of his career where he's been sat on the bench. He's probably missed out on a lot, but you know obviously Villa's saying something in him to given his, his chance and he seems to have taken it well there. Yeah, he played a big part. That's, uh, we described there a couple of episodes back. Um, Leno had a bad injury against Brighton after the uh, restart back in June of uh, 2020. That's when he got his chance with Arsenal uh, again. Mm-hmm. He had a solid end of the season, all right, but he didn't want to stay. Um, I think he was afraid of being a backup again when Leno was going to be... Uh, Fit and ready again. Um, I was I, I, at 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 the time, being honest, I would have kept Martinez and so Leno that summer, but it didn't happen. And uh, I think with fans yeah. being back as well, I think he's being found out a bit as well, getting sticking on, you know. But he's he, he's got arrogance and he's backing it up with uh, very good performances. The backline of Villa will be very suspect to ours now. Um, they're very inconsistent at the best time. I think Smith could probably get the sack this year as well. They're on a bad run of form and things have to change. They're missing Grealish, no creativity at all, but probably a mid-table team at best. Um, but yeah, definitely Martinez has a, he's definitely a place there in the Premier League, definitely, and he's doing well with Argentina as well. So I wish him the best. I like him as a keeper and um, I wish him the best. Um, we move on to October 18 game against Crystal Palace. Before you before you move on, John, can I just make two quick points about the Villa game? Right? Yeah, go ahead. Firstly, I said on the programme, and John said as well, uh, if you want to stop Billy, you have to get on McGinn. And we did that. Yeah. We got on McGinn. McGinn, McGinn is there. Is there um, Grealish, Grealish was the eye-catching one, but McGinn was their knitter. He knit everything together, and we got on him. Right? The second thing is, um, just anecdotally, when the, the, the VAR called everybody back on to the, to, for, the, for the penalty, um, I thought of the other Johnny Giles again uh, when they said, now I, I'd been down in London Bridge uh, that afternoon drinking in the King's Head. I did the two King's Heads uh, and then I was in the King's Head in Finsbury Park and I said, if we go in 2 nil at half time, you know the way the, the BBC people just say, they always say 2 nil is the worst lead in football. Johnny, Johnny had a great view and I said, if 2 nil is the worst lead in football, argh, just keep it at 1-0 then. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Aubameyang tried to keep it at 1-0 and Martina yeah, spilled it back out to him. Uh, it was actually a brilliant penalty save, by the way. It was actually. Um, yeah, it was a very athletic well. save. But Aubameyang was sharp on the, yeah. on the rebound, you know. Yeah, he was actually. And he was very sharp on the back end of um, the next game we're going to talk about, which was Palace... Uh, October the 18th was, was last Monday. Uh, it was a two-all draw against our old foe. We came up against our old foe and Arsenal legend Patrick Vieira who has Palace playing very high press and they're playing very good uh, attractive football rather than under um, Roy Hodgson. Um, 
his job was really just to keep Palace up. There was nothing spectacular with their player, and he was literally grinding out results. But uh, the signs they've made as well in Edwards, and he's changed. Benteke looks a different player as well under him. He's doing really well with him, and you can only wish him the best. But um, we drew two all against some uh, goals, of course, by Aubameyang and Lacazette, um, and Edward and Benteke. Um, uh, what I was really ha- happy with was Pepe's strike was palmed away by Guaita, the palace keeper, and Aubameyang pounced at the near post uh, the second time, as Simon mentioned there, within a few days, what would have been a Davida game. He, he looks very sharp at the moment, Aubameyang. He seems to have got his goal-scoring touchback as well. Um uh, the other note in that first half would have been Sam Gallagher had a great shot saved by um, Ramsdale again. And most of the action then came in the second half. Um, uh, Benteke pounced on party uh, and he started on past uh, Ramsdale. He didn't have a chance really. And their second goal by Edward was he just barely to pass. Ramsdale hit the underside of the top cross where he had no chance for that. The um, Conga was, pass was misplaced and they broke very quickly. Um, it was the speed of their high press and breaks that really caught the eye for me for Palace. They, they're going to do really well, I think, under Vieira if he's given a chance. But uh, what I was quite happy with was our equaliser in the 95th minute. We kept going to the end and the place just erupted when, um, like I said, pounced that chance and buried it. Um, I was very pleased with, um, as Eamon said earlier on, like I said, it's really transformed with... Uh, uh, Aubameyang up front, you know, it's just stuff that, that goes unnoticed, little flicks here and there, and making runs and assists. And um, it was, I think, it was a good point for us being honest. Paddles are playing really well under Vieira, and you could see Vieira at the end humping the ground. When we got the last minute, it happened to them against Brighton, of course, a few weeks ago, um, when they, Neil Mopey, lapsed their keeper. So they've been done now with um, possible six points. I go to um, John this time. What did you make of that game, John? Um. As I said earlier, probably we had a really great start to the match. We probably started real high energy, a lot of pace, pushing Palace back, and we got a really good goal from Aubameyang. Um, great effort from Pepe, great save from the Palace keeper, but a great reaction from Aubameyang, and then we stopped. I don't think Palace had to be great in this game because we just stopped playing. I thought our party was really isolated in the middle of the park. It was a poor night for Odegaard, and we, we couldn't string three passes together. Um, it was a real struggle. Um, Palace, you know, I, 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 they probably played as well. I think they, they're playing well. They're playing better than they did on the Hudson. Um, but I don't think they had to be brilliant against us that night. Um, the two goals we gave away were shocking defending, really shocking defending. But um, as Eamon says, AJ, the team is playing for our tether. They're playing for each other. And they just stuck at it. When, when Lacazette came on, the, he got the crowd going, he got the team going, and they just kept plugging away and they got the reward in the end. It's um it's a good point and that point could be very, very valuable at the end of the season. Um it's about getting the balance right in this team. There's an awful lot of young players. They're gonna have good nights and bad nights. It was a bad night for Odegaard, but we got the point. Um we saw what we want against uh Villa. And um, we wanna to, wanna to maintain that kind of high energy, that high press. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of ups and downs this season, but um, as the team, as long as the team keep fighting the way they did, um, I don't think we're too too far away from where we want to be at the end of the season. Um, but a, 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 that was really, really. If we were tying the Villa game, was probably the best we've seen Arsenal playing on our tether 
the Palace game was really, really close to being one of the really poor ones. As I say, a bit of a Jekyll Hyde team at the moment, but we've got to see more of the Villa game rather than the Palace. You've seen the good and the bad of Arsenal that week. Yeah, uh, and before I move on to Eamon, uh, <laughs> I just caught the bite-sized highlights on Arsenal.com <laughs> because every time uh, I go over to Malta on the Monday night, as fucking usual, Arsenal are playing on that time. The fight was at eight o'clock, and that's happened the last three years. So <laughs> I don't know if it's an omen or something, but uh, I didn't get to see. But from what I did, so I was quite impressed with the draw. Uh, Eamon, what did you make of it? Well, I bet I make the very same as uh, as John did because on the basis that we were sat beside each other watching it, um, and we were having this discussion during the game, and. Look, we, we, we I, I think maybe we scored too early or something, and we didn't get we did we didn't get time to get into it. And we start, you know, it's all very well starting high tempo in the first three minutes and getting a goal, um, but the game hadn't settled down. Um, we conceded the pitch to them totally. Yeah. We conceded the pitch to them, right? And um, and that's so we we looked like a team that we don't know what way we're playing, we don't know whether we're pressing. Or we don't know whether we're containing or what we're doing. And you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna sit in a low block the way we did, well then you expect to get your counterattacks moving. But as John said, we couldn't string three passes together. It was incredibly bad. But then again, we didn't get much luck. We had um the great Wizard of Oz, Mike Dean, um Whoa. who I mean John and I were kind of drinking uh, and this for anybody listening to the show, this is not an advertisement for alcohol. But watching <laughs> Arsenal it certainly helps, right? We were John was on his Moretti and I was on McGuinness and we were watching the game and in real time the the the, the, the kick on, on Saka, we didn't make too much fuss about it. And we saw the replay, we both kind of looked at each other and said, That's a red card. That is a red card. Now, you imagine if Granite Zaka had done that. We'd be all saying he's a brain-dead mule, you know, with no discipline and all of that. That was an assault. That was an assault. I haven't seen anything like that in a chipper in Vingless and I'm from the area. I haven't <laughs> seen it. It was shocking, you know. And how VAR... I mean, whatever about Dean... He's a Roger Hunt anyway, but like, you know, whatever about um, Dean, what the hell are VAR doing? Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, I, I don't And it would have changed the game, and it might have been a little bit unfair because we were brutal, but, you know, if you go in 1-0 up, um, the safest lead in football, if you go in one because 2-0 is crap, if, if you go in 1-0 up and they get a man sent off from the middle of the park, you're going to win the game, you know? And, uh, but look... I, the, the other thing I'd remark on is, and, and this is the other thing that myself and John resigned to each other, I was at the Southampton game at the very tail end of Unai Emery's reign, and Lacazette equalised at the very same mi- minute of the game, right? And Lacazette didn't even celebrate. The crowd didn't celebrate. Nobody <laughs> celebrated. This time, we all leapt out of the stills. Lacazette leapt over, the, and the crowd was buzzing. So it just that that that's kind of instructive, I think, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, it was a very um. Uh, actually, just briefly, lads, as well. Um, what was the atmosphere like? Is it back to full capacity for uh, supporters going to um the River Burn Town? Uh, was there social uh, distancing around the tables? 
Perfect. Maybe John, John, you're more on that than I am because I, 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 I was pissing it up in London. <laughs> that's, that's why they started with the reopening of um, the nightclubs in Dublin. So the place was absolutely packed. Um, but these new guidelines coming in, um, while well, waiting for confirmation from the River Bar, what they're going to do for the supporters club, because the government are recommended tent to a table, still table service. Obviously, you need to have your COVID cert if you're going to come in. Um, hopefully, our members in the sports club will get an email, hopefully soon, because I know our secretary has been in touch with the management. It is very confusing at the moment, but there was a huge crowd in on Friday night, but that was more for the nightclub downstairs than it was for the football. Um, we're all eager just to get back on. We can't wait to get back on. But um, I just wish they'd give us some some confirmation. I mean, let's be honest, even all the bars around the city are struggling for staff as well. So um, if we get back to normal, they're, they're going to have to increase the, the staff levels. It's really, really up in the air. We're all just waiting for confirmation from the management. Hopefully, hopefully soon. Keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, that's good to see. It's good to see a restart in Henry and the supporters barrack has been uh, the March 2020, wasn't it before um, the uh, then the game there Friday night before they had any uh, supporters in so even tend to attain sure people wouldn't, wouldn't mind once they're together with Arsenal fans you know just just hopefully we'll see the back end of this thing sooner rather than later um, just before we move on uh, the, with Mark being a goalkeeper of course uh, Chris Palace's uh, Vincente Guaita Mark um, he came from Valencia I think he's with Palace now a couple of seasons Um what do you make of him, Mark, in your opinion? Do you think he's a mainstay number one there? Well, I really haven't really seen much of him, really, to really pass any comments yeah. on it, to be honest with you. you know? So I've only seen him fleeting, really, in highlights uh, for a uh, match of the day, that type of thing. So, yeah. no, nah, I wouldn't really know too much about him. Yeah. Um, from what I've seen, him, he's bit makes a few howlers here and there, but um, the Palace fans seem to really like him. So um, we got to draw Henry 2-2. At home, and uh, of course, that win against Villa then, of course, the Friday, four points there in two games, not too shabby at all. Uh, we move on to the preview of this Saturday's uh, Premier League fixture away to Leicester City, uh, 12.30 kickoff on BT Sport. We um, won 3-1 there back in February there, uh, unexpected result when we're going through a bit of a tough time. Um it was a good away win because we've had a few elders there in the last few years at um, the King Power. Um, I think if you stop Yori Tillemans and, of course, Jamie Verdi and Michael has, a bit, <laughs> has one of his once-off bad days, I think we could expect victory there. But um, it's only be tough. They're coming into a bit of form themselves. But with the form we're on as well, I'd, I'd probably go for a narrow... Um, 2-1 victory or 3-2 that would be my opinion I think we've enough there to beat Leicester City and uh, we're on a good road of form at the moment um, I'll go to Amy what would your uh, take be on Saturday's match well I didn't see the, Le- the Leicester Brentford game but apparently they got they got away with murder um, they were very good against Manchester United um, but you've got to put that in context because Manchester United is like it's a beauty of team at the moment you know they're just flicking players all over the place and you know they're just kicking the ball whatever way they fancy they're not playing as a, yeah. as a unit as a team um Leicester were very good uh Telemans has been outstanding um 
and apparently he was outstanding again against Brentford. So you know what Vardy's going to do, play on your shoulder and and, and, and yeah. do all. So we know that. And I think a lot will depend on whether Ben is fit. Um, yeah. But I, I think he's going to be fit, right? Um, got to stop Telemans. But, you know, they're not the force they were. Brendan Rodgers is a very high-energy um, manager who maxes out in a, season, in a particular season. And I think that I think that they maxed out last season. You know, they won the FA Cup. They were only the last day of the season away from Champions League football. Uh, and he's found it hard to get them back up. Um, so, obviously, they're going to beat us 4-1. <laughs> um, Mr. Optimistic here, as you always say. No, I, think I, 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 I would be... I don't like Saturday morning games with the Arsenal. I don't no, know what it I is. Um, never a good record, yeah. You know... Uh, yeah, yeah, we 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 don't we we don't have a great record, but um, I think I think the um the game last year was was a Saturday game. I'm not sure it was half twelve because we were or three o'clock because we were watching all the games on the box at that time. Um, yeah, it was one of those late. No, Sunday it was a Sunday night. game. It was a Sunday uh, afternoon game. Remember that stretch of seven o'clock games on a Sunday? No, 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 no. That was the no, home. You mean game. The home no, game. that was the home game. The away game oh, was okay. it was a Saturday Daytime. game. No, it was a Sunday game. The no, yeah. the it was. Game. No, it was. It was. <laughs> no, there we go, John. If you don't want a podcast, Jonathan, <laughs> you have to do your research on the show. It was Sunday. <laughs> All I remember is David Louise Gord from a corner, if I'm correct. I remember, I remember, that. I remember watching it with a hangover, so it had to be a sorry. <laughs> anyway, look, I think I think we have enough to, you know, I think we've enough to create chances. Look, a, a draw wouldn't be the worst result in the world, no. but. You'd hope that we can win and, and and keep the momentum going, you know. That's the key, yeah, yeah. Because this, like, being honest, this, this is our really first tough fixture since um, you would say Man, since really Man City. Being honest, Brighton had a push, but we were really poor against Brighton that day. We should have beaten Brighton in fairness, but um, I think since City, really, this is our. Well, we got away it, with it against Brighton. Yeah, yeah, we got away with another against Royals. I think the weather was the weather was poxy that day. It was fucking national rain. We never play well when it's raining. Um, but Smith Rowe had a chance. We all remember that when he should have passed, and that would have won the game for us. But he was selfish. Ah, uh, yeah, but um, I think I think our two central defenders won that. Uh, got that point for us, yeah. you know. To be honest, we're on a pretty good run of form, lads. And if we can get a draw, even as Eamon said, that would end a good. Segment again before the Warford home game, and you'd be looking at nine. Well, we'd have ten games unbeaten since that City Marlin at the end of August. That that in my eyes, I was one. I'd be admit now, I was one of the Arteta out brigade after that City game. But now I'm starting to believe again, and the belief is real now that we're building a team, a young team, but an exciting team as well. Would you agree? Johnny, as Eamon's, one of Eamon's favourite sayings, it's the hope that kills you. So, it's the hope that kills you. But, but I want to say... is a bit of optimism. But I want to say this. Get him on you, mentioned the, you mentioned the Leicester and Watford game in, in a couple. And, well you'd, look, well, you'd want six points because we're all delusional. We get that, right? <laughs> um, but but if, you got, if you got four points from every two games, that's 76 points in a season. Yeah. That gets you into the top four. You know, yeah, so you've got to think of it that way. Yeah. So, 
Look, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I wanted to just mention, um, I, I was at West Ham the other night. Um, yeah. Uh, Thursday night. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, the crowd was nice and sanitised and all that. And fair play to them for beating Tottenham on Sunday. So big shout out to the, the Irons for that. But in among the crowd, it, it became obvious that my brother-in-law, who's a, who's a West Ham fan, uh, he's, from, he's from the area. Um, it was obvious that I was up for West Ham and all the rest and hope they do well and we have, we have a common enemy and all that type of thing. But it was obvious that I wasn't a West Ham fan. So the crowd around me, eked it out me that I was an Arsenal fan and that was grand. But I was saying about Declan Rice that, um, <laughs> yeah, that he, um, the West Ham fans just think he's world class. And I was saying, I don't think he is. I think... He has the potential to be world-class, but the one thing that he's missing from his game is he never gets turned. So when he receives the ball, uh, facing his own goal, it's always so, but he never just makes that turn. The way the way Fabregas used to. Do you remember Fabregas would receive the ball and get torn? And they were they were they weren't having a bar of this. And I said, look, lads, I'm gonna tell you now something straight, right? I've only ever seen Declan Rice torn once, and that was from Ireland to England. <laughs> so that went down well with the locals. <laughs> Whatever you're having yourself, Eamon, yeah. <laughs> you really know how to get in amongst the crowd oh, yeah, and you're not welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Dyer, eat your heart out. <laughs> yeah. The Phil Mitchell of Ireland coming out. <laughs> That's it. No, but yeah, he's... Um, yeah, he did kind of do us in the end, didn't he? But uh, I don't blame him, to be honest, with the way you are under playing. Um, but we, I think we've slightly turned the corner with Kenny, but um, time will tell with Ireland, of course. Um, just before we move on, that's just briefly, uh, Leicester City, um, just w- while we have Mark here tonight, Casper Smichael, of course. Mark grew up with watching his father, Peter Smichael, who was um, an un- unbelievable keeper in the Premier League. And... Probably one of the best I've seen of that area as well. Um, what would you, what would you make of his son, Mark Casper Michael, up to now and his career he's had to date? Probably one of the most underrated goalkeepers in that Premier League. I think he's lived probably far too many years in his father's shadow, and for the you know the type of goalkeeper that he is, and you know like I don't think anyone could disagree with the fact he, he for anyone that would follow Premier League teams, he's obviously been in the top five for a long, long time. If you you know. Um, like I'll not repeat myself here again, you know. Just I think he's probably the fact that Peter was his father. He'll always be seen as a as a as a second choice to him, you know. But from years of me watching him, he's an incredible goalkeeper, and he's got better over time, you know. Um, and he's not all that old either, so there's still plenty of football left in him. The the, the problem probably is when he's been played with probably we call a couple of unfashionable clubs since he left City, really, you know. But like he seems to have. Went to his own with Leicester there, and you'll probably see out his, you'll probably see out his years there, will he? Quite possibly, yeah. He's on a good. T- he's coming into well past Brady's peak now, isn't he? If he moved now, it'd have to be for a bigger club. But who's going to take? You know, like he's on a good thing there, you know, and he's a standout for Denmark, so he doesn't want to take a step down to be a number two. You know, there's always that chance as well. Brendan Rodgers likes him, and he's a legend now after winning the Premier League a few years back with Leicester. Yeah. Um, of course, that's used what I remembered as well. Just briefly, Mark grew up with Peter Shilton, one of his idols. We went to see him in Nottingham and Colchester there, I think three or four years in the trot there. Gentleman uh, with his missus. Um, 
bits were aid, really. I think Margaret Gray meeting them in the flesh, you know, he's such a down to earth person. Eamon probably would remember him. Uh, and John, do you remember much of Shilton in his um, pump? Standing goalkeeper. Absolutely yeah. outstanding. But I remember him Brian Clough uh, yeah. paid something like 800 grand from back in 1978 and said, here'll be the difference between us winning the title and not. And he was right. And then they went on and won two, two, two European Cups. Um, he was outstanding. Mind you, um, I still can't understand how Maradona outjumped him. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> We've had that dinner speech, Mark, haven't we? Where he says he wanted to fucking kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, Shilton was, was outstanding. Outstanding, you know. Yeah, that was, that your was point. He, he had Johnny. Uh, my, my memory is that he had something like 105 or 106 caps or something like that. And had, Clemens had about 75 caps. And that was at a time when Ron Greenwood alternated, he couldn't make up his mind. Exactly. So exactly. Clemens had one, Clemens had one game and Children had the next. He could have had close to 200 caps for England, which would never have been. Yeah. But that's that was back in the time where they had two really good top class people, and Greenwood just couldn't make his mind up. Um, fantastic goalkeeper, as you said, top class. He went on for years, a bit like Pat Jennings. He just seemed to be there forever. He was your idol, Mark, wasn't he? Grown up as a young fella. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the reasons why I, him and Packy were the two reasons why I took up a pair of gloves. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, he had a long career, right? He played 125 points for England and he played 1,005 club appearances, which is something else. He finished up at the age of 47 as well, you know. Probably went on for a little bit too long, but. You know, an absolute icon of goalkeeper and icon of English soccer, you know. As uh, Brian Clough once said, he says, I wouldn't say I'm in the top one, but I'm definitely number one. <laughs> That's said a lot about Brian Clough, but definitely uh, in the two European Cups he won, he was the difference and he trained the cars in a roundabout in the, uh, I think it was the second final, wasn't it? I think he said, in Madrid, uh, yeah. in Madrid yeah. <laughs> I was in the paper there at yeah. the weekend. But just, yeah. um, like he was just, when you look back on video reels and all, it, with no gloves and all, the saves he made was just fucking outstanding, you know. And to say uh, England fans, even to this day, it, I, it would be a close second. Seaman would be my close second if you were picking an, an England number one of all time. Gary Lineker grew up watching him, played with him, and Shelton was still playing when he retired. And that just says the longevity of goalkeepers when they're that good, you can actually go as long as you can. Uh, I think it was Leighton Orient was his um, uh, final game. And uh, I think I don't think it was ever made, actually, <coughs> on DVD or anything, which was a shame. But um, what well, a career I won't, say, I, won't, I won't mention the, the, the name Gordon Banks then, OK? We, we, leave, we leave that one out. In the 80s, you, you're one of your goalkeepers. Pat Jennings was probably a little bit, you know, was probably up there in Moose with, with Shilton as well, you know, for... Uh, okay. Totally. Yeah, for consistency, you know, for you know the fact that he had a whole tour yeah. Arsenal thing, but he had a decent enough career with Arsenal too, didn't he? Yeah, we mentioned that last on the last. He, he, Mark, he had um, he had three hundred and twenty-seven games for the Arsenal. And when you consider that he was considered a Tottenham keeper, he had four hundred and eighty or something for them. But three—that's like you know, that's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And all I really remember growing up was watching David Seaman and I thought he was unreal, you know, and 
probably the end's lame and would have came after him, but uh, Mark would have remembered John Lukic and I think you two would have remembered him as well from the 89 yeah. season. He was the difference of us really winning the league that year as well. He was probably an underrated keeper. You never hear much about him. Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 Lukic for me, would, I would have had a soft spot for Lukic because he had a two spells at Arsenal and he had two spells at Leeds as well. And I think the fact that he never got in, a, you know, he never got a chance for England was because, obviously, mainly because of Shelton. And then later on, obviously, because of Seaman, you know. Well, when George signed, when George signed Seaman in, um, in 1990, um, his comment was, uh, we have John Lukic, who's one of the top five goalkeepers in the land. He said, well, I've just gone out and bought the best. <laughs> yeah. In one word, lads, um, my favourite Arsa keeper of all time would have been David Seaman. In one word, Eamon, yours, your number Thank one Arsa keeper. Jens, Jens, that's my one word, Jens. John? Oh, I'm one you all day. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose Mark would probably go for Flappy Hansky, will you, Mark? <laughs> oh, no, I, I go for Seaman too. I go for David Seaman. Yeah, there's been so many good, like, it's, it's the toughest play, position to play on the football pitch, I think we'll all agree, you know, no one wants to be in goal, because as my brother pointed out last week, you get blamed when you can see the fucking hell, and when you pull off a stun or save, you're the best in the world, so that's the pros and cons of being a goalkeeper, isn't it, being in the limelight, not being in it. Um, so, that kind of... Um, I suppose concludes our show. That's pretty enjoyable. Is there anything else you'd like to mention, Eamon and John, before we um, wrap up? Uh, I think we've, uh, we've, we, we've covered the whole gamut this evening, I think. Yeah, um, covered a hell of a lot tonight, yeah. Pretty enjoyable show. Mark, before we go, what's the name on Instagram for your club, Mark, that, that you play for again? Just to get, give our listeners a... The Dublin Eagles FC. Dublin. The Dublin. They're on Instagram. Dublin Eagles FC on Instagram is the name if any uh, listeners want to uh, follow them as the season progresses as well. And once again, I think from myself, uh, John and Eamon, well done, Mark, on uh, your cup final victory last Thursday. Um, very well achieved and um, nothing to be sniffed at, lads. I think we'll all agree. Yeah, well done. Well Thanks done. for having the show, lads. It was very enjoyable. Thank you. No problem. Okay, as as always, to wrap up the show, um, you can catch other episodes on soundcloud.com. Just type in Irish Arsenal Gunnar Podcast. You'll find other episodes there. Um, I hope you find them all enjoyable as we have uh, been doing them. Um, so I'd like to thank my guests tonight, as always, Eamon Donnelly, John Melia, and our special guest for this evening, um, my bro, Mark Giles. Thanks very much, lads, for being on the show. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, we'll, see, we'll see you all again not Wednesday evening Tuesday evening where we'll be pre, pre, reviewing certainly our, um, hopefully another victory against Sester City and previewing our upcoming uh, Premier League tie against Watford at home so until then thanks and thanks for listening see you later bye, bye.